we have been in a series called Normal, and essentially this series is for you and I to discover what an ideal life of a follower of Christ is supposed to look like, what that normal life looks like. Last week, I was able to talk about it's normal to be a great follower who has a singular focus on Jesus and is after encounters with Jesus. Um, When I talked about this, I said, we want to see encounters over entertainment, that what we're here for, what we exist for, what Movement Church feels like our call and our mandate and what we exist for as followers of Jesus is to have, and you have to listen to the message last week to get this if you didn't hear it, but to have dusty encounters with Jesus as followers. We want to be dusty from following Jesus. We want to be that close. And so this week, we're going to continue. And uh, in 1990, I want to start it by telling you a, a funny, quick story about my life. I was a junior in high school. I was going to a school on the coast called Oceanside High. And uh, at the time, a soccer coach found me in obscurity, found me um, tucked away in uh, high school society. And he pulled me out of a dark corner uh, because I am an introvert and I wanted to be by myself. So he said, hey, listen, I want to grab a hold of you and, and I would like you to come play on the soccer team. Now, he knew my history. The soccer coach at the time had played soccer with my older brother, who was about nine years older than me. And so he knew I had a history of playing soccer, not just any soccer. I played very high-level elite soccer as a kid, had won state championship, and had gotten to high school and just quit playing soccer, literally overnight. And he came to me and said, what are you doing? And he said, here, I have a proposition for you. If you would be willing to serve and sacrifice and just follow my leadership, I have a mission as a coach, and I would love for you to come along and play soccer. He helped me academically, he helped me athletically, and I was horrible academically. And so he really got me picked up and he got me put back together. I played my junior year, I played soccer, but I had a problem. The problem was this, I had a struggle that I had a mission that I was really wanting to serve in my own life. The mission that I had in my world, in my life was, I wanted to be the best surfer that I could possibly be. I wanted to be a professional surfer. So that was my mission. So if you were going to serve my mission, you would do anything you could to help me achieve that, that mission. But he was asking me to serve his mission. And so we struggled and strained through my junior year as I played soccer. And come my senior year, he gets me roped in and I'm coming out preseason and I'm spending time with him. And he's just like, hey, would, if you're willing, just commit. Just commit to serving, committing to the sacrifice. And I showed up in the offseason, and sure enough, he ends up making me captain. Now, a captain is a person who is going to help other people along the way and is going to serve the mission of this coach. And, and so he gave me authority as a captain to serve the authority he had been given as a head coach of a soccer program. First day of practice comes along. And if you grew up in this area and you have done anything surrounding the ocean and surfing, forgive me if you haven't, but I can remember distinctly where I was standing on the campus, on the soccer field, and there was a Santa Ana. The weather was perfect. The wind was blowing perfectly. And it was the afternoon after school was done. Warm air Water was warm, 
and I hear the waves breaking from the campus at Oceanside High at the pier in Oceanside. The waves were amazing. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't handle it. My heart was divided. I lasted to the end of that practice and I never went back and played another day. I made the decision to serve my mission. I wanted to achieve a high status. I wanted to be well known for being the best surfer around. And ultimately, him and I had a conversation. We had the breakup. He fired me. And I went on trying to achieve this high status of excellence in surfing. Now, I want to read to you Matthew 20, 24. There's a story that this reminds me of in the Bible. This guy, John and James, they're brothers, and they go to Jesus and they ask him, how do we achieve high recognition, high status? In fact, in one depiction of this story, their mama goes for them and asks Jesus, is, is, is how the account goes. And after this is asked, they want to know, hey, which one of us is going to sit on your right side and which one's going to sit on your left side, Jesus? Because Jesus was going to be king. So they're like, high achiever. We want to have high status. We want to be recognized. And this serves our mission of recognition. And so where are we going to sit, Jesus? And Jesus, this is his reply, what I'm about to read. When the 10 other disciples heard that James and John had asked this, they were indignant. They were mad. They were upset. Guys, you're just trying to serve yourself. What are you doing? So Jesus now has to reconcile this bit of an issue. And so he says to them, but Jesus called them all together and he said, he's like, hey team, come on, get together. Let's, let, let's deal with this right now. I know Pat left. I know it's about him serving himself, but let me clarify something for you really quick. Jesus says this to his disciples. You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Jesus at this point is describing to James and John and to the other disciples what it looks like to be a leader. Let me read this again. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers, the leaders, that word ruler means leader, the leaders of this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, verse 26, it's gonna be totally different. And then Jesus goes on and he says, whoever wants to be a leader, that word leader means ruler, but it also, it comes from the root word that we get the word mega from, great. He says, whoever wants to be great, whoever wants to be a great leader, and he begins to say, whoever wants to be this great leader that you guys are aspiring to be in your greatness, it can't be like everyone else. It says, you must first be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. And then he goes on to say, and to give his life, Jesus says, the son of man, he's saying, even myself, I'm going to give my life for the ransom of many. 
Like these two brothers, I had gotten it wrong in life. See, what had happened at the ripe old age of 17 in my life is I had made the decision to serve my mission and that if you were going to be in relationship with me and if I was going to exist in your world, you existed to serve me. And I was going to be highly recognized and I was going to climb that ladder athletically and I was going to be the one with high status. See, like these brothers, I had gotten it wrong. I was only concerned about being great myself, but I missed this opportunity of real greatness only found in serving. I sat in high rankings of surfing. In fact, I would go on and I would achieve world-class status in my rankings in surfing. But I missed it. Jesus said, in life, it's normal for you. I want you to know this this morning. It's normal for you to want to be great. It's normal. Jesus says it's normal for you to want to be great. But your greatness is defined by how well you serve. Not by the high status you achieve. And in my life, I learned and I continued to learn to this day that the greatest impact that serves me, the greatest impact on my life is doing everything I can to make the greatest impact in your life. You see, it's completely normal to be a great leader. But the roadblock is us figuring out and learning how to be great servants. It's normal to be a great leader who is great. Now, you may be sitting here saying, well, pastor, I don't want to be a leader. I don't aspire to be a leader. I didn't sign up to be a leader. Maybe you're thinking you can just get back on TikTok and you can start scrolling through TikTok or Instagram right now and you can just check out because leadership doesn't apply to you. But I would, I would ask you to pause for a second and listen to this. Leading is something that you do regardless. If you, if you desire to, aspire to, or if you put any effort into it. Leadership is simply influence. It's a very famous author and leadership guru named John Maxwell. He says this. He says, even the most introverted person in their lifetime will influence over 10,000 people. You could be a stump of a human and you are going to influence 10,000 people. I would propose that the greatest influence that you will have is in your own life, leading yourself. Now, I said the average person would influence over 10,000 people. But if you remember week one, we, we had this talk and I told you, you were not made for average. 
See, average, let me redefine this for you. It means mediocre. It means moderate in quality, not very good. It means inferior. I think if you were to look at this definition and I asked you today, how many of you want to sign up for average? None of you would run quickly to the front and throw down the fee to be average in life if that's what I was selling. And it proves you, you don't want to be in fear. You don't want to be mediocre. You know why? Because you were born and created with greatness in you. You were created to be great. You were created to be a great leader, to have great influence. You're influencing whether you try to or not, but you weren't created for average. You were created for great. This is the definition. When we read in Matthew 26, he says, whoever wants to be a great leader, let me define leader. I mentioned it before. The root word is megas. It's the word we get mega, like the ginormity of something. You're like mega million dollar lottery and everyone's trying to buy it, you know, because they want to they go one cash payment, 472 million. Woohoo! There's something in you that was, that was built in you just to be great, to experience great, that you are actually created to be a great leader. This is what this word leader means. It's predicated of rank. It's belonging to great men, great leaders, great rulers, eminent for ability, authority, power, esteemed highly for the importance it's for a great moment. It has great weight or importance, a thing highly esteemed for its excellence. You see, I was trying to achieve all of these things on my own. Great rank, esteemed for my excellence, but I was missing the mark in my life. Most of my young adulthood, I was missing the mark. Just like James and John going to Jesus. Jesus says to them, hey, look, guys, I know you're looking around at average leaders with their common authority trying to rule over people with their, their mega mouths and personalities. Lots of charisma, but not much character. Someone can say amen. He said, it's going to be a normal life that you're going to live. Being a great leader. It's not like everyone else. It's going to be different. You're going to live differently. You want something different out of life, so you're going to have to live differently. If you live the same way everyone else is living, you're going to get the same thing. And he knows the world is full of despair and hopelessness. And he's like, I created you to have influence and be great. But it's not going to be like them. Great leadership based on this definition is great influence. By great men and women, that's you. That's me. Under God's great authority, not our own. With great importance for a great moment to make a great impact. Great leaders, 
Here's the key. They make contributions. They don't try to control. I'm going to say that again. Great leaders contribute. They don't try to control. That is not the form of leadership society preaches to you and I. Leadership in our society is predicated on human rank, ability to fight for power with greed, to serve themselves but not serve anyone else. That, my friends and family, is not the definition of leadership that is great that you and I were born for. We were born for greatness. You're living in a historic moment. I believe this. Right now, today, 2021, I believe you're living in a historic moment with great influence that you've been given. You have been created to be a great leader. You've been created to be a great leader, making great impact. Jesus then goes on and he begins to describe to all of us how a normal leader who is great contributes. Because you might say, well, if it's about contribution, how do we contribute? You see, secondarily, it's normal to be a leader who contributes through service. He says, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your what? Servant. So what's the key here? Being a servant. It's interesting. I looked this up really quickly. There are a lot of books written on leadership. You ever notice that? Let me give you, let me give you some parameters on what I mean by a lot. Statistics in 2013 said that there's been over 15,000 books published just on leadership alone. 2020, 4.8 billion copies of leadership books are printed every year. It's a lot of leadership books. Let me ask you, has leadership gotten better? How many books are printed on being servants? One. It's the best-selling book of all time. I'll give you like three guesses. The first two don't count. What book do you think that is? The B-I-B-L-E. That is the leadership book for me. (laughs) Those are crazy statistics. Lots of talk about leadership. No talk about being servant. Don't tell our public servants to be servants to the people. I'll let that just sit wherever you want it to. That would be politicians if you can't read between the lines. They don't exist to be leaders. They exist to be servants. How's it going? Dandy. You know what we need? We need lots of scripture read in our leadership ranks so that we can learn how to become servants. 
We need to put our leadership books down and pick up our servant leadership book called the Bible. And we need to infuse the word of God back into leaders' hearts. Strong words, but that's a fact. See, the word servant means that you and I, as we serve, are gonna carry out the commands of another person. And in this case, it means, leader means servant to a king. Great leadership is rooted in great servanthood, and great servanthood is defined by humble sacrifice. Jesus gives us this model in verse 28 of what we just read. He said, hey, not even myself. I'm the king, Jesus is saying. I'm the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And not not even I showed up to be served, but to serve. And how did he do it? Humble sacrifice. What did that look like? He gave his life for who? For the ransom of how many? Many. You know what the word many means? All the many people that ever were, all the many people that are now, and all the many people that ever will be. Jesus is saying, it is normal to be a great leader who gives themselves over humbly, sacrificially as a servant. He calls himself... And this is important. This word servant means minister. What this means is, is that we're all ministers. I'm not the minister because I'm standing here. I'm a minister because I decided one day to say, I've tried it my way and I'm going to now be a follower of Jesus. Now I'm a minister of the king's mission. Sacrificially giving to see his commands come true. And you're a minister. Galatians 5.13 says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom. This is key. Check this out. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Now, what's your sinful nature? Let me just make this easy. Sinful nature is I'm now free, so now I'm gonna do whatever I can to get everyone to serve my mission to make me great. But Jesus has already said, that's not what makes you great. So don't get free to then go enslave people to your mission. Don't fall prey. You know, Paul is writing this book in Galatians and he's saying, hey, friends, church, listeners, don't fall victim to this. Where we get set free and then we're like, I'm free. Now everything exists for me. He's calling us. He says, instead use your freedom to what? What does the scripture say? Serve one another in love. There is a purpose behind your freedom. God says to you and to I today that it is normal for you to be a great leader who makes 
sacrificial contributions. You're a team player. You're not a me player. (laughs) Number three, it's normal to be a great leader with a great mission. Every single person has a mission in life. Every leader has a mission. Every single person, whether you've sat down and written that mission or, or not, you have a mission. You're going, you get up in the morning and you're going after something. And I don't know what it is, but you're going after a mission. And every single leader has a mission. I thought I had a great mission for everyone to be on. And it, here was the mission. Serve me. I, I, I was like, Mr. Wonderful. I was like, I woke up in the morning. I was like, I have a great mission today. If you asked me, I would have said, what are you going to do to serve me today? And, and I got it so wrong. Great leaders serve a mission that's bigger than theirs. Let me say it this way. Great leaders serve a mission that's bigger than them. My mission was to build a really big business, to make lots and lots of money as an entrepreneur. But that's only as big as me. And I, I've, I've learned, and Jesus is saying this, we have to live to be great leaders, serving something that's bigger than outside of us. Jesus served a mission this way. It says... In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and told his disciples. Now he's hanging out with all these guys and they've been wondering all along how they're gonna become great. They understand that Jesus is this great guy, but they don't fully get it. And they think that if they just sit at the right seat, if they stand in the right spot, that they're gonna get all the status and all the recognition and all the greatness that they have built in them, but they're mismanaging, they're missing the mark, they're not getting it. And that was me. And Jesus gathers them all up. And this is, this is at the end of Jesus' life with them on earth. And he says this to them. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. To do what? Let me stop for a second. To do what? He's been given all authority in heaven and on earth. To do what? To lead you and I on a great mission. Listen to the next words. He says, I've been given authority, heaven and earth, to do what? To go make disciples. Other followers of Jesus who understand who they are and their freedom and become great leaders. Who serve for the purpose of the ransom of many. And he says, I want you to go and make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, teach these new disciples to obey all of my commands that I have given to you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission is your greatest calling, family. The Great Commission is your opportunity to cooperate in humility with sacrificial servanthood to serve the leader that we call King Jesus. We sing this song, all hail King Jesus. We're, 
I, I catch myself sometimes. I'm declaring these words with melodies and lyrics, and they're so beautiful. And I'm singing these songs, all hail King Jesus, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, but this is where the rubber hits the road. All hail King Jesus. That means what I'm saying when I sing that is, Jesus, I'm gonna be a sacrificial, humble servant, leader, that's gonna be great, cooperating on your mission. And what's his mission? To give his life for the ransom of what? Many. Some? Many. I'm so thankful that God said many because it included me. There was a moment in my life where I realized this and I found myself trying to build my own empire. I'd run to the end of myself. And it was the most interesting thing. I ran across some people, a little church that my wife and I were going to and we were struggling. And this person said, hey, would you step in and serve? I was like, Every church I go to asks me if I'll serve. Now let me give you a backstory real quick. About a week and a half, two weeks prior, I sat in a room just like this, holding my oldest daughter, who is now with child and going to bear my first grandchild. and I needed ransomed. My life was adrift and I needed something to be anchored to. And I sat in that moment and I said to Jesus, I can't do this anymore. I've tried living for myself, everybody's serving me. I will serve you and do whatever you want. But I just want to experience what you created for me to be. Now, I'm asked, would you be willing to step in and serve? So now you understand why I rolled my eyes. Because I was like, did you hear me when I made that prayer to Jesus? And then I was like, well, I said it. And I'm like that kind of like, I said it, I'm going to do it. So I remember showing up, junior high ministry. Have you ever hung out? Anybody ever done ministry in junior high ministry? Praise you, bless you, double portion of goodness on you when you get to heaven. There's some interesting smells in that age range. A bit all over the map, trying to figure out what puberty is doing to them. Voices going all over the place girls much more mature than where the boys are at already and I show up and this young man knucklehead by the end of the night has ripped both sleeves off of my shirt rambunctious little fella God said you said you'd be willing to serve I know it's a sacrifice Pat here's the kicker things weren't better yet in my own life I'm gonna say that again. Things weren't better yet in my own life. And 
and I learned something. The best way to be served was to serve. So I did that. I showed up the next week and I ensured two things. Number one, I ripped the sleeves off of that kid's shirt that week before he went home. True story. And I gave him three Red Bulls before he left. And I said goodbye to him and sent him home with his mom. Me and that kid got really close. True story. You were made to be a great leader. A great leadership comes from being a great servant. It comes from being on a great mission and cooperating with Jesus and giving our lives, whatever that looks like, for the ransom of many. Now, I wanted to get it right this time. So I made a decision in my life. And I decided to give my life to it. And that's the story. I'm not saying to you that you're going to end up standing on platforms that I stand on, but God has given you a platform to be a great leader. Perhaps it's a mom. Perhaps it's as an employer, an employee. Perhaps it's as a friend as a son, as a daughter, as a mother, as a father. Perhaps this is a neighbor. But God has given you the platform. And I've decided to give my life to this. Being a great leader. Serving and giving whatever we can. That is our mission. That is why we do what we do here. We exist to help grow you as a follower of Jesus who becomes a great leader, who goes out and participates in the discipleship making process. Why don't you stand with me this morning? And we're gonna do something very practical. I would like you to grab, there's a card called a response card that's on a seat next to you, underneath you, or perhaps in the seat back in front of you. So if you're sitting in a row, just grab that card. It says response card. This is important. When you get that response card, I would like you to hold that response card in the air like it's a mega million dollar lottery ticket that you just won, okay? Single time payout, $584 million. Okay, here's why I had you do that because I want you to know something. There's no amount of money that can give you what the opportunity of being a servant leader gives you. The greatest impact on my life has become making the greatest impact in your life. And I'm inviting you in to that same opportunity today in a very, very practical way. And I want you to understand why. Number one, it's the easiest way for you to grow. I want you to grow as a follower of Jesus. I don't think you've experienced the fullness of what Jesus has for you yet. I understand that when you wake up in the morning, the last thing on your mind is, I wanna serve. 
because I'm human like you. But daily I get up and I have to make this commitment that today I'm gonna make my greatest, most significant contribution by serving other people and not serving myself. And I'm inviting you today to take hold of that lottery ticket, that mega million lottery ticket, this response card, and and this is how simple it is. I'm gonna ask you to make a decision today. We have two services here. I'm gonna ask you to make a commitment to serving at one service and attending the other one. Why? Because we exist to give our life in cooperation with Jesus for the ransom of many. And you're gonna walk in the door, perhaps for your first time, and you're gonna want to experience the goodness of a great servant leader who is after one thing, to see the ransom of your life from darkness, from desperation, from depression, from anxiety, from bad relationships, from financial brokenness, and moved into a lane that says, I am no longer stuck. You're gonna invite a friend or a family member, and I'm telling you what, this is our opportunity, that we get to cooperate and participate. So no joke, I want you to take two minutes, grab a pen, and I want you to fill out a card. If you're not serving on a Sunday morning, this is my challenge to you, because you can do anything one time. You can do anything one time. So I'm gonna take a couple minutes, I'm gonna let James play, and it's really uncomfortable and awkward, because some of you are like, I'm not moving. I'm not getting a pen. Make a decision. There's no greater thing than to serve. Some of you are already serving. Thank you. I see you. I see the shirts. I know where you're serving. Thank you. That's awesome. But I want you to know we're a family. And I have a big family. And let, me, let me tell you what happens in families. Everyone's invited to the table. But everyone has something unique to bring to the table. And you've been through things in your life that are gonna speak to someone who's gonna walk across this campus on a Sunday that only you have been through. You've experienced that trial that hard time, that struggle, that somebody needs something tangible that they can look at for the hope to say, if God did it for you, he can do it for me. We are in the business of giving our life to ransom many. So here's what we're gonna do. You fill the cards out and you put your information down and you just say, hey, team nine or team 11? You serve at one, attend the other. I do. I serve at one, I attend the other. When you walk out of here, there's gonna be leaders at each door. They're gonna be collecting these cards. And if you don't have it filled out, they're gonna say, I'm sorry, you have to go sit down. It's a mandate. Amen. I'm going to pray. And then I expect to see some of you fumbling over pens. Father, I'm going to pray right now. God, would you awaken something in us to not just be 
be able to respond to this call, but to respond with joy. That we can joyfully say, send me. Joyfully say, yes. Yes, I get it. I wanna grow, I wanna see others grow. I'm gonna step in. I'm gonna make the humble, sacrificial step of being a great servant leader. And I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna serve at a nine or 11. I wanna be sure that when people are invited and, and I bring family and friends, when someone comes onto this campus and their boat is adrift, that we are creating an atmosphere where their lives are anchored and we wanna see the ransom of many. I wanna see your life fulfilled. I wanna see greatness in each one of you. And this is one of, this is one of the ways, one of the ways. It is a big way and Jesus calls us to it. So Lord, empower us to be able to do this. Now I wanna tell all of you, I'm gonna let you in on a secret. You can't do this on your own. If you're like me, you're thinking about 155,000 ways and reasons why you don't wanna do this or shouldn't or don't have to. Women, just because I live with so many, I have special insight to know that your brains have about 15 million different things going on right now because you have multiple windows open in your minds. You're thinking about all these different things and guys are just single, like we're so single tracked. Like food, <laughs> put shoes on. <laughs> Here's, I'm letting you in on a secret. You're gonna, get, you're gonna be given more opportunities to not serve than opportunities to serve. Every morning I wake up, I deal with this. My encouragement to you is don't try to do it on your own. In fact, I will tell you this, you can't and neither can I. Next week, we're gonna talk about what empowers us to be able to do this. We're gonna talk about working and living a normal life under the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm gonna tell you something, some of you are gonna have the opportunity next week to walk in here and the power of the Holy Spirit is gonna move on you and it's gonna change everything about who you are and what you think about yourself and what, what you think about what can be accomplished through your normal life of being a great servant leader. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up and say, come Holy Spirit and everything is gonna change. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Amen? Go in peace after you fill out your card, nine or 11. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.